0: Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about energy and sustainability from Alpha Energy Group. Hello, and welcome to a special edition of the Alpha Energy Group podcast. I'm Jeremy Nicholson, Corporate Affairs Officer at Alpha, and I'm joined by my colleague, Nicola Pollard, our Energy Markets and Risk Manager, who's been at the heart of all the interesting or rather more than interesting events that took place in 2022. so we're going to review that year and look at what options are and the possibilities for 2023. So, Nicola, what was it like? You were right at the centre of this, the most extraordinary movements in prices. Where would you begin to start describing what happened?
1: Well, what a year it was, Jeremy. Unprecedented. Things that we would never have expected to happen in the year. Really, really interesting time. As you know, in terms of a recap for 2022, we we started to come out of the the winter of winter 21 with fairly low storage levels in terms of gas looking around about the the mid 20% ranges in terms of coming out of the, the storage. During that time as well, we started to see the tensions with Russia and Ukraine begin to escalate, which then drove prices over concerns over gas supplies. And then, as we know, getting really into the hot seat, Russia decided to to invade the Ukraine on the 24th of February. And from that day onwards, I think it's probably been one of the most interesting years I think I've ever seen in my trading experience or, or lifetime. The whole Russian-Ukraine invasion essentially just disrupted the whole of global supply and that touched everywhere in the world over the course of the, the actual sort of early doors of Q1 and especially into the summertime. The EU and UK governments, the US, it touched everywhere in terms of actual global coverage. It really sent shockwaves through the EU for concerns over gas supplies and security of supply into the UK and and other countries
0: so as you say um extraordinary events extraordinary prices that have touched everyone and of course every part of the energy supply chain so you know there's a lot of talk in the press about windfall profits for producers but of course suppliers were feeling the pinch and business energy consumers in particular hit by astonishing prices and this this must have had a, a huge impact on the market in both directions it's one of the reasons it's that demand has been suppressed but governments were you know felt obliged to take a a number of interventions didn't they to try and address the impact and because i mean we might come back to as to whether those are sustainable but that's a remarkable transformation isn't it because the uk in particular and, and the rest of the eu to some degree had, had kind of pri- pioneered free trading uh, energy markets and yet we've moved a bit more towards intervention and, and even talk of price capping
1: yeah so you know as we, we went through the actual summer period um, it became more and more apparent that something was needed to be done by government and EU Commission as these prices were unprecedented you know we saw all-time highs for gas for the UK of 800 pence a therm we saw power go above 850 pounds a megawatt hour for the UK and you know volatility was also another part which really drove prices you know to the edge um, where we could see gas gas prices swing within day of, of over 100 pence a therm. So completely unprecedented, which really drove the this issue fairly and squarely into the face of governments and EU commission. As you say, the, the UK was one of the, the first to act in terms of putting together the energy bill relief scheme, which was a welcome relief to lots of our customers to actually happen. And and it came in, you know, at a welcome time as we be headed into to the winter. Thankfully, the you know the intervention actually did its job, especially in the in the beginning of Q four of winter twenty two. As we head into Q one, as we're, we're in Q one now at twenty three, um, you know there are other discussions you know around what might happen go- going into summer twenty three. But really, recapping on twenty twenty two, if this intervention wouldn't have happened, I think we would have seen quite a lot of parts of our industry manufacturing in real dire straits. What we also saw within the EU was discussions amongst all of the major countries within the EU bloc, and they didn't act as quickly as they should have done. There is now you know, caps in place um, from the EU, but they're not worth as much as they could if they would have been brought in before we actually headed into the winter. So I think the EU caps that, that have been proposed, which have not been cemented as yet, a bit more of a, let's close the, the door after the horse has actually already gone. So, yes, yeah, so absolutely unprecedented. But governments and EU commissions have had to look at what schemes and other interventions can actually come into play in terms of security of supply. Um, which is no real bad thing because it's something that we should have been looking at years ago in terms of making sure we've got balanced supply, able to actually support the, the demand that, that we have seen. Although demand has fallen through demand destruction because of prices being so high, some, some companies haven't been able to actually operate at those levels. And also with mandates from the EU commission in you know, looking for voluntary um, reductions across the, the EU in terms of um, demand destruction. And we have actually seen outcomes of that now of around levels of 10 to 12% reductions across um, some of the major EU countries.
0: Indeed, and I think that's one of the significant things I've learned from the year, is just how much can be done, albeit at a cost, to manage a situation which, you know, few of us anticipated that Europe would lose 40% of its gas supplies in the space of a few months, and yet here we are, we've managed to avoid rationing, we've avoided power cuts, albeit, as you say, with suppressed industrial production and some efficiency gains in the the domestic sector, but it hasn't been all, all plain sailing, has it? Uh, although the, the system has proved quite flexible, we've seen flows in the opposite directions we might have expected across interconnectors between the UK and, and, and the continent, which is unusual. Um, we've seen a lot of LNG coming into Europe via the UK. So all sorts of good things have happened. But high gas prices mean, uh, you know, coal burn becomes more attractive, doesn't it? So from an environmental point of view, in Germany and elsewhere, uh, you know, emissions are going, carbon emissions are going in the wrong direction at the moment.
1: Yeah, so we, we did see a dash for coal, um, especially from Germany, summer season. And this led to increases in, in coal prices. Um, but as the the coal price embargo against Russian coal exports came into play in August, we started to see that tail off. And that was especially also given that Germany had actually stockpiled some immense supplies of coal. And so we, we started to see the, the tail off of coal prices from August onwards. Um, as the, the, the coal stocks had actually increased to, to levels where, you know, they were actually sustainable. So, yeah, so we, we did see extra coal burn, um, especially also to help across interconnectors from Germany to France because we knew that France had huge nuclear fleet issues um, during the summertime and their fleet was reduced by around half of their um, capacity. And so what we saw was that, you know, carbon prices have increased over time, but also with carbon, Due to the high prices of gas and power across the EU and the UK, we started to see divestment in carbon as investors looked to shift um, money away from carbon in order to, to shore up their margins. So around you know, the sort of beginning of March, we saw a big drop off in carbon prices there as monies were shifted to support margin calls for gas and power because prices began to spike due to the invasion and then at the end of August we started to see a shift away again from carbon so it ticked back up and then it started to fall back off again as investors shifted um, value from carbon again due to the high prices and the spikes that we saw at the end of August after Nord Stream 1 Had finally um, been switched off, so a few issues there in terms of the supplies coming in from Russia, which we knew that there would be. There was always going to be something around that. It was just a matter of what would it be, when would it happen, and the nervousness that that led to to the market all-time highs really manifested itself. Um, within gas and electricity prices, but then as we headed into the winter, um, weather has played its part magnificently We saw milder than normal temperatures in October November. we had a bit of a cold spell in December but because of that supplies and storage has held up and also quite windy weather has led to you know really good um, outturns from renewables. so we've you know we've been seeing some levels of 50 60 percent in terms of renewables coming into the grid mix at different parts of the year i think even if we go into the the end of sort of january and into february with some cold snaps then uh, you know we may see prices start to go up a little bit but the levels that we're seeing now as we've, we've come into 2023 i think they actually could be quite sustainable in a, in a bearish sentiment because so far in january the the mid the sort of medium range um, temperature forecasts are actually pretty good so either normal or just uh, you know higher than normal so looking at a milder Q123 and I think with that being, being the case I I wouldn't be surprised if we actually came out into out of the winter with around about 50 maybe even up to 60% storage fullness across the EU as a whole.
0: I think that's really significant because, as you say, we could have been in a much tighter situation. Thank heavens that the the weather has been mild and windy because the the wind resource in Europe, uh, offshore wind particularly in the UK, has been tremendous. Every you know gigawatt hour that's generated from wind is one that doesn't have to come from gas. You know, renewables can't do it all on its own. It does need fossil fuel backup at least at least currently. And uh, you know, given the delays in, in in getting the nuclear fleet back in France and elsewhere, and indeed building replacements in the UK and other parts of Europe, it, it's critical that the um, the renewable part of the of the equation delivers, and and it has been doing recently. So we've ended the year on a slightly more positive note, albeit one flattered by the weather. So turning now for. You know the, the prospects for 2023. You know your crystal ball gazing, or at least at least uh, recognizing where we are. What 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 are the sort of key things that are, that are on your radar for where we are now and where we are likely to be in the months ahead?
1: So you know, in terms of gas storage, I think the you know the levels that we're expecting to come out of the winter, I, I think really will stand us in good stead heading into the summer period. A rough storage is also looking to increase capacity. So currently we know that rough storage came back online last year, um, supported by government. Um, We know that rough storage last year was able to provide around three days of extra storage. So that took them up to 30 BCM um, in terms of the injections that they managed to sustain across the course of the year. Rough storage is looking to try and gain another 150 million pounds from government um, in order to to take that up to six days, so up to 60 bcm. But um, if we can get another six days worth of storage for the UK, and which is more longer range as opposed to short medium range, then that will be a you know a, a good win for the UK. But again, that storage is going to have to that gas is going to have to be paid for as you know it gets pumped in. So. could be the potential there if we take a bit of extra storage for the uk is that going to bump prices up a little bit it could do that could be a factor upwards but as we come out of the winter everything really at the moment is pointing to be in a bearish mode you know with prices have opened now lower due to the milder weather and we've got good supplies storage is good lng is still coming through lng 2022 it was up 70 percent on the previous year And looking at what's coming through already just for the first 10 days of January, we are up on January this time last year by around about 20% thus far. Um, So LNG, again, has been the the big saviour from 2022, expected to go into 2023. However, we have a few points to consider in terms of LNG. Chinese demand has been a really big factor and in actually not drawing LNG towards the East, also, the high prices within the UK and EU have been a, a big factor in keeping LNG in the EU. Um, you know, we know that currently windier weather conditions, we're not able to actually um, get as much into storage over the next few days. But still, LNG is coming through to the EU as opposed to the East. In the, in the majority of cases, we know that Freeport, the the largest um, US LNG terminal facility, should be back online. Um, within the sort of the, the next week or so, so we'll be looking forward to to seeing what the results are for for Freeport, and we know that the states and the U.S. government have uh, you know provided support and ongoing support to the EU in terms of LNG supplies and exports. Um, I suppose my big question would be: Would there be the possibility of the the U.S. actually starting to reinstate their ban on gas exports? And i think there's a few ways we can look at that i think that the the businesses that are making the money from sales of gas across to the eu would have a lot to say and lobby against it but what about the people within the us that are now actually facing higher gas prices you know they are actually experiencing problems of their own also chinese demand is, is that likely to actually come back we know that they've been heavy on restrictions in terms of covid we know that the border restrictions have been lifted now those border restrictions that have been lifted recently, is that because of the Chinese New Year? Will they be put back into further stricter restrictions after the New Year has happened? Not sure, really don't know. What we are going to expect is good levels of storage. So I would expect to go into this winter with good levels of storage. We know it's mandated by EU commission anyway. I think that we should be in a, a better position than what we last year in terms of twenty twenty two. So I think summer summer twenty-three prices, I think there's further room for them to go down. However, when we look at what our clients need, a lot of what our what our clients need is budget certainty. And, you know, with prices being where they are now, they're a lot better than what they have been. And I know for a fact that there are a lot of customers starting to think about locking in prices now for for the next 12 to 24 months, just so they have the element of budget certainty. And, you know, it has been difficult times for for many, many customers, especially those that don't actually have support from third parties, such as ourselves. You know, with these unprecedented times that we've seen over the course of last year, it's really driven home that most businesses just do not have the the expertise to navigate through such difficult times and difficult i think is the understatement and so i think it's really important that that you know clients businesses have real experts that they can turn to in, you know times like these is the russian ukraine war going to end anytime soon probably not i would welcome that it did Uh, but i think over the next six months i I would expect it's likely to rumble on are we likely to once that's concluded to jump back into bed with with russian gas supplies no i really can't see that so winter 23 is definitely one to watch i think moving into 2024 that could be where we start to see things changing again Um, and i think that could be a fairly volatile year so i think summer 23 winter twenty three isn't looking too bad thus far.
0: Well, it'll be interesting to catch up in a year's time and hopefully we'll have many opportunities between then and now to see how how well things pan out in accordance with what you suggested or otherwise. It sounds like a good summary to me. And I guess one of the things that's taken away for me from 2023 is just how sensitive the markets are to the cost of imported LNG as being the marginal source of supply for the European and UK gas markets. And if we're in competition with Asia, as you say, the prices could get very high indeed. And there's any range of possibilities that could transpire during the course of this year. And, uh, you know, in terms of managing the risk, one sort of last quick question for you. The UK government and and others in in Europe are reviewing the support schemes they've got for businesses. I don't know whether you have any particular insights about what's going to happen, but it seems to me that... the support at the levels that was currently uh, put in place are probably unsustainable. They're costing billions of pounds and euros per annum for each each of those countries. And they're going to have to trim back, aren't they? So is it sort of a, a bit of a trade-off? There may be less government support, but hopefully the wholesale prices aren't quite as bad as we, we thought a few months ago. Is it going to be a situation, something like that?
1: Yeah, I'm really glad you asked that, actually, Jeremy, because on Monday, um, UK government, have announced that there will be further support for business again for what it looks like a period of 12 months so this is new new news and this needs further analysis i can't really go into into too much detail because we still need to review this in its entirety but there is an expectation and it has been announced that there will be further support for 12 months for business there are different levels of support for different types of businesses so energy intensives at first glance look as though they will be um, supported more heavily than other types of business and also the more vulnerable types of businesses such as charities, schools etc are looking as if they will be gaining the the most support as well. Currently it's looking a little bit lacking in the detail whilst we've taken a first glance at that just now um, but we will be issuing some statements around that and what that means for our clients. In terms of the EU, the current cap is a bit light on the details still, um, but essentially what the EU Commission have said is that they will provide a cap, but they can pull the cap should market trading conditions dictate thus.
0: Great. Well, as you say, Nicola, watch this space. Plenty more to come. I hope for for your sake, for those listening, for business consumers, our clients and others, 2023 proves to be a less interesting year in a good way uh, than, than 2022. Fingers crossed. Let's hope the mild weather continues. Let's hope that uh, the situation in Ukraine uh, moves towards a, uh, something of a res- resolution, although I don't think anyone should, should bet on energy prices going back to where they were. Uh, 18 months ago, sadly, we're in, we're in a different phase now, um, and let's hope that the renewable resources in Europe and elsewhere—you uh, know, the, the wind and the solar—is there to uh, to make the most of them. So, thank you for navigating us through that, Nicola. We look forward to catching up uh, during the course of the year and our regular podcasts. So, do listen out for those. If you'd like to find out more about our reports and so on, do have a look at our website, AlphaEnergyGroup.com, and see what we have there. And do listen out for regular podcasts through the year as we go ahead and find out exactly how interesting 2023 proves to be.